0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Wow, isn't it good? We see that all the time and all the time. God's good. God is good. All time. God is good. All time. Watch this, watch this. We are a new creation. (laughs) We are a new creation. Your identity has changed. (laughs) What a great, this is great. Thanks, Matthew. This is great. I got another one. A husband's generosity. That was one joke. Another one. A husband's generosity. A group of men is at a gym club when a cell phone rings. And one of the men answers, Yes. Han, is that you? I can hardly hear you. Hello? Are you in the gym? Yes. I'm in front of the first shop. The first shop. I don't even know if one existed like that. The first shop, and they have this beautiful mink coat. Can I buy it? How much is it? About $5,000. Okay, but buy a matching purse that goes with it, too, my love. Well, as it turns out, um, uh, That I stopped by a car dealership today, too, and I saw that they have a brand new BMW sale. It's the last one. How much is it? Only $60,000. Fine, buy it. But you have to get it with all the accessories, and if it costs a little more, I won't get mad. The woman, realizing all of her requests were being approved, decided to take a risk. Honey, remember that I told you that my mother wants to come and live with us. Is it, is it okay if I invite her over for a month just to try it out? And after a month, we can talk about it again. Okay, fine. But don't ask me for anything else, okay? Yes, yes. I love you so much, baby. I love you too. Bye. As soon as she hangs up, the man turns and looks at the group. He says, Does anyone know whose, whose cell phone this is? <laughs> mind what did you say (laughs) that's funny isn't it okay last week we started the heart for the house um, series here which i'm very excited about this and we're really talking about why is the church so incredibly awesome why are you, the church, so incredibly awesome? Why do we have such a heart for this house? Why does Jesus love his house so much, his church so much? Why did he die for his church and gave his life for it? We saw last week, this a little view, review, we saw that he died to make the church holy and pure. So we could be sons and daughters of God. He, he got himself a beautiful bride without spot or wrinkle, equal heirs with Christ. To see the kingdom released in the world, radiant and glorious and powerful. That's who we are. Ephesians 5 says this, 25. For he died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of pure water of the word of God. And all that he does in us is designed to make us mature, a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful, holy, without fault or flaw. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that Jesus brings us into maturity and actually our maturity and our growing up actually gives him praise in the same way that when we have kids and we see our kids grow up, it brings us praise. It is so fun to see kids develop and doing stuff. In life, my, my son David just now in Holland, I don't know if he's watching because we're on live stream right now, but he just launched a new um, a mobile or actually a phone company That uh, it was a phone company, mobile company, but it's really a, a communications company with uh, has all these, um, what is it again, Catherine? With these um, tracking device type thing. He's just going for it. He's playing with the big boys. He went to uh, to England and he got this thing, and, and and he can buy this this this. You know, he can buy those 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 data, and you can do. You can anybody can buy. You know, can start Vodafone. Anybody can do that. Do you know that? He just know how to do that, you know. So my son is like in Holland by himself. He's, just, he's dead. I can't even cope the first week. I don't know what to do with myself. I need staff. I can't pay for staff. So what do I do? I said, I don't know. He's sorted out. But the thing is, though, I, I, I'm, so, I'm so proud of him that my kids do this. I mean, Jonathan, what he's doing in this church to serve this church is just incredible. Saskia, what she's doing, they're all going to Hillsong this week because they're just growing in the, in the area of worship. And I see them grow up. I mean, Jonathan was in the, used to be in the back only and now he's leading worship. Last week he's playing drums and Saskia is leading worship and and all the family is doing stuff, so I invest in my family. Does it cost money? Yes, a lot of money, but I love investing in my kids, because I love to see them grow up, because I know what they're going to do in their lives, and when I'm gone, they're it, you know, in the sense of my line, you know, so I want to bless them. When I see Fabian, you know, do school, so he got all these excellences the whole time, and doing good at physics. How can he be good at physics? I mean, he's good at physics and stuff like that. Amazing. I see him just, just dunk these balls in the basketball. Man, it gives me pride, it gives me such joy it's so much praise to see your kids grow up and so it's like God with us, he loves when we grow up, that we become a source of praise to him that our lives, our total lives, just shout his praise shout everything that God is and he's put in us, that we keep giving it to other people showing him off to other people, God makes us like him makes us like him so we can be him in the world, the light of the world, the city on a hill, the hope of the world. We are the hope of the world, church. There is no plan B with Jesus. He's building his church. We are it. We are bringing hope to the You and I are, amen? We are hope to the world, the church, you and I together, reflecting Jesus in everything. Wouldn't it be amazing if the church becomes so attractive that everybody just streams to it? I said it last week, you know. I mean, I had, a, I had a meeting this week with some people and said, well, it's bad the church They're declining and some churches are closing and, and some this, this and that. They said, well, we don't have that problem. But yeah, maybe some are, but maybe some should. I tell you, they're an embarrassment to the gospel. I'm sorry, I love the church, but some, come on, some of these things that, that is happening right now, that is not reflecting Christ. Amen? We gotta reflect Christ. Let's all of us, all of us reflect Christ. Uh, Slow down, Gideon. Can I just take a sip? Let all of us show for, can you imagine if we as a church, we go out and show real love. We show real joy. We show everything that God is in us and that we carry, that people see around us, and say, man, they fall in love with the church, they fall in love with Jesus. You know, it is happening around the globe. It's a bit harder in Western countries. But God is moving on. Jesus is moving on. That's what I said before. We are hanging on to Jesus, you know. Jesus, where are you going? I'm going, you know. But also, what he is, I want to become, amen. Because if I become him, I'm going to be a very nice person, right. But Jesus is a very nice person, you know. And he put it in you by his Holy Spirit. It's just amazing how it works. Anyway, I just love the church. Last week, I had this little little thing here, remember, the monkey. And, it, and, and the reason why I had this monkey is because it's got a head, obviously. It's a, it's a doll, thing. What do you call it? A, a teddy bear type thing, but it's a monkey, it's a big thing. And so Jesus is the head and we're the body and we are, we are connected to each other. We, we are strong together because, and I want you to know, I want us to know that we are connected to Christ inseparably. We're always with him. And when he goes, we go. And his voice, we say. What he speaks, when he speaks, we speak. What he hears, he hears, you know. What his heartbeat is, our heartbeat is. What he thinks, we think. Are we our hands and his feet? It's just Amazing. We are the church, and that's why I love the church. And that's why I love to invest in the church. I love to be part of this church and give my time and my talent and everything to invest in this church, to serve. And I thank you so much for some of you, and many of you actually, are serving in this church to satisfy the needs of this place. Because this is our home. This is our local. This is our fanau. And we look after our fanau. And when there's a need... We meet that need. Amen? And we look after. When people come to your home, you want to look nice. You want it to be done. The lights are working. I've done a lot of painting lately and things. I want the people who are at the conference to get that joke. Um, with results, it's good. It's it's 80% is just, What are you talking about? Painting. Let's say differently. A wife in a home loves... Painting, he loves me when you fix stuff. They, get really, they really love you more when you, when, you, when you do stuff. Fix that light. Fix that light that has been broken for so many years. Just go and fix it. And there may be some goodies at the end of it, you know? Anyway, let's leave it there. So I have a house for the house. Now today, what I want to do today, I want to ask a question today. I want to ask you a question. Now the question, if there's one word that we could use to describe our church, to describe us as a people, What would it be? You say some. Say some. Love. Love. Family. Family. Freedom. Freedom. Grace. Grace. Gospel. Gospel. Fun. Fun. I love all this stuff. It's all Jesus, you know. Jesus. Actually, I want to say one that was not given to us, and I think it really describes our church very well, is generous. When I look at our church, we are Generous. We are a generous church. I'm not talking about giving money, although many of you give lots of money. It's wonderful. I'm talking about generous of heart. This church, I know our staff. I know the interns. I know the people I work with. I know most of you guys. And it's just amazing what God is doing in our lives. It is a beautiful thing in our hearts. See, the thing is, though, our heart determines our action. So if we are generous of heart, we will be generous in life. I love to be generous in life. How can I be a generous person in life? And see, in this community, I can see generosity in giving of time. I can see generosity in giving of talent. I can see generosity in giving of forgiveness. There's people in this house and you've had some struggles with other people, and you're generous in giving forgiveness and giving grace to other people, you know? I've also said about giving grace, forgiveness. I love being praised, and we'll go there a little bit today. I love being generous in praise. Praising Jesus, but also praising other people, and honoring other people, and loving other people. I see generosity everywhere. It is really who we are, and no wonder, because Jesus is the most generous person there is. Amen? And we are a chip of the old block, aren't we? So no wonder that we are generous. No wonder that we are growing in our own generosity, because Jesus is extremely generous. Now, the Bible talks a lot about generosity, because Generosity is really one of the main expressions of love. Amen? God is love. He can't help but express His love. See, love itself is great. It's a nice concept. But love unexpressed is nothing. If you don't express love, it's absolutely zip. It is absolutely void of anything. It's useless and worthless. Because love is always relational. It's got to be an interaction, right? You can't have love without expressing this love, right? If I say I love, I love Catherine, but I never tell her that I love her. I never show her that I love her. I never fix those light bulbs and do that painting and, you know, do stuff like that. I never take her on a, on a, on a trip. I never, you know, but it's love. You know? Which one? <laughs> so, you know, the thing is though, we love. love has to go somewhere. Love has to look like something. It can't be empty. And love, the main expression of love, surely is generosity. And we see this in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. You can't just love and do nothing. It's got to be demonstrated. He gave. Actually, you can't love and not give. I'll say it again. You can't love and not give. You can't love and not be generous. It's the two sides of the same coin. One coin is love. The other coin is generosity. Those of you who are in love, getting married in August, September, sorry, in August, Whatever you think. I'm marrying you in August, and I can't be there selling in that one. You know, you're in love. Now, when you are in love, you think about the person all the time. I used to have that too, when I was early days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I just want to reaction from you. I do it all the time. I do actually think more of it now than then, actually. But anyway, but the thing is though. <laughs> You know. Actually, I do. I do. I really do. No, I really do. I'm not always good, but I not the it all the time. <laughs> but when you're in love, remember, before you get married, it's like everything, nothing is a problem, right? I mean, this is just, you don't see any problems, right? They come after marriage and nobody ever tells you about these things, right? <laughs> anyway, that's, that's fine. But the thing is that what I'm trying to say is when you're in love, what do you do? You can't stop thinking about her or him, right? And the only thing you want to do is be generous, how can I get more flowers to her? Or how can I do something? i put a little sticky thing somewhere. I love you. I love you. I do. You should do that. You know, put it in the Bible. Everywhere she goes, the sticky thing, you know. I love you, I love you. All the time. I should do it again, darling. It would be so wonderful, wouldn't it? Is it I, I get flowers. I do that because Dutch. Yeah, I do a lot of flowers because in Holland, it's sechert met bloemen. That's in Holland. Everybody says sechet met bloemen. Yeah, say it with flowers. That's what they say in Holland. Say it with flowers. Say that you love her with flowers. So it's really wonderful. So I do give a lot of flowers because I love flowers. In the sense of I don't love flowers, but she loves flowers. So I give flowers to her, you know. And it's just really wonderful. But if you're thinking about being in love, you always want to give. You can't stop giving. You can't stop expressing yourself. Amen? You can't stop thinking about it. Do you know that God thinks about you like that? Do you know that Jesus thinks about you all the time like that? He can't get you out of your mind? Out of his mind? He can't get you out of his mind. Serious, he can't. It's amazing. This is what it says. Let him, in 1 Peter 5, it says, let him have all your worries. That's God. And cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus is so generous that he always thinks about you. The angels, he always talks about the, to the angels about you. And then he ministers, And then the, ministers, the angels, he sends many angels out. To minister with you there's a breakthrough angel the sterling the money one there's the breakthrough one anybody ever seen angels that's at least six of you i've never seen angels but i know they're there i was talking to izzy the other day he Said, how do you know it's an angels Said, well angels are from the outside holy spirit is from the inside it's interesting because he says when i'm playing this music and i'm making new songs because she writes songs every day you know new songs as he writes and suddenly i i lean in because i feel this thing there's an angel Helping her to write songs and it's just leaning into the whole thing. And so we have to understand, and we'll go to some other day, uh, some other time about angel administration. We have, we have angels, These angels all, right, all, all over this place right now, right? Because they're here to minister to the ones who inherit salvation. So you've got an angel, I've got one or two angels myself. They're really nice angels, I hear. I've not seen them, but they're really amazing <laughs> angels, you know. So G- Jesus is always looking at you. Now, Proverbs has a lot to say about generosity. Proverbs is a beautiful book of wisdom. And Proverbs has some beautiful things to buy. I want to go through a few things here. One is uh, Proverbs eleven twenty four. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. Isn't it amazing? So the world of a generous person gets larger and larger. But if you're stingy in whatever, it could be words of affirmation, whatever, money, whatever it is, you know, your world gets smaller and smaller. How is your world doing? How is my world doing? Proverbs 11, same one in the Passion Translation. Generosity brings prosperity. <clears throat> prosperity teaching, get in here. Well, please don't come to me about prosperity teaching. I don't like the negative prosperity teaching. Our motivation is never to get. But please, please let us not go into, uh, you know, into the swing too far the other way and say there's no prosperity because God is all about prosperity. So please don't tell me that, you know. But, and you'll see it here, scripture is not me saying anything, but please don't come to me after getting in a bit of a prosperity thing here. Yes, it is. It's a good one, not a bad one. Okay, here we go. Generosity always brings prosperity, but withholding charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. Heaped, it's like a Kiwi thing, isn't it? Heaped. Heaped upon them and the one who pours is the Kiwi translation new international. That's right Those who bless others will have blessing heaped upon them and the one who pours out his life to pour out blessing will be Saturated with favor. Isn't it wonderful? We start blessing people speaking well of people starting this with our whole lives just you know to be blessing to people We actually get favor It's amazing it's amazing. Actually, verse 25 literally says this, the soul of blessing will grow fat. Hey man, I want to grow fat. This is the one area in my life that I would love to grow fat in. You too? Yes, grow fat. The soul of blessing will grow fat. Man, this is so easy. Uh, so, so Not so easy, so, so awesome. Wrong word, but not easy. But we want to be a... Blessing to people. So it's so healthy, amen, to live lives of generosity because it brings prosperity and also it is good to bless others because it will bring blessing into your life, it'll bring favor into your life. What goes around comes around. That's not the Bible, but that's what I'm saying. What goes around comes around I love this one thing that says those who pour out their lives to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor isn't it amazing you know this is such a promise in our lives when we bless others that we will be blessed this is not prosperity teaching it is how God works It's the principles of the Bible did you know that we are actually in control of our own lives did you know that Did you know that you are actually in control of your own prosperity and well-being? Both of your body, what you put into your body. In every way. All the principles of God, they're good principles. And the reason why is to bring health to your life. To bring prosperity to your life. For things to operate with divine order in the right way. In every way. Marriages. Catherine and I are doing a marriage seminar, a marriage course right now with three other couples. It's so much fun. Because we want to even more align ourselves to what God has for us in our marriage. We're 30 years married this year, so we thought, why don't we do this? So we can even be better, can even be more healthier. Sex can be even better than that. Yeah. Come on. Well, things can always get better. So let's get better in our lives. I want to get better. In my life, we can control you know 2 Corinthians 9 says this, remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly whoever sows generously will also reap generously it's amazing isn't it, you know the farmer determines his harvest right if he only puts two seeds in he gets maybe more crop, I don't know how the ratio goes but he gets this much crop, there's lots of farmers here you know, but if you put a loads of thousands of seeds you get also thousands or ten thousands of harvests, you actually determine your own harvest, God actually says these guys are actually grown up you know, they're sons and daughters of myself, so I'm gonna give them the principles they can live by. Some of us, and I'll go to some other time, some of us never activate the blessings that God. We've been given all the blessings in Christ Jesus, right? And say, Where are the blessings? But you look at their lives and the decisions they make. No wonder you don't have any blessings, it's not automatic. When we do the things God wants us to do, the way He operates, then we have the blessing. It's all available already. Provision has been made. But we, by faith and by 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 uh, responsibility and by being faithful and doing the right things, that's how we activate the things. See what comes around, goes around. If we don't give anything, how can the money go anywhere around? If we give blessings off our tongue to honor people, to bless people, how, how can this go out? That's why I love so much blessing. That's why I love the prophetic culture. Because the prophetic culture says, hey, I see God in you. I see what you I'll bring this gold out of you. I see your destiny, Chiaki. And I'm going to pull you out because I see you over there. And it's just amazing. And he's like, woo, I'm so happy. And he goes to the next person. He talks to you in the life group this afternoon, you know, what, during the week. He says, do you know you have destiny? And blah, blah, woo. And then he goes to the, it goes around. Same as money. When we start giving money, you don't lose money. You make money. I don't know how I can say this. Money has to do its work. When you're stingy, God cannot work with anything. But when we start giving, wow, these are being blessed, and they're blessed, and these blessed. And it keeps on going around like this. That's why it's so important. That's why we freely give. Because we are freely received. Wow. Anyway, so generously. Amen. You know, generosity is at the core of who Jesus is. It's at the core of who he is. And you know, you've been born of God. You've been born of the seed of God, full of love, full of generosity, full of everything you ever need. And that's so beautiful, isn't it? But we are born of this generosity. So it's normal for us to be generous in life. It is actually the foundation that we stand on. The foundation of our lives is generosity. It's the air that we breathe. It is the vista you see. It is the way we see and look at the world. It's the core of our motivation. See, our our, our new creation. A new creation spirit is a spirit full of love, full of generosity, full of very beautiful things, just like Jesus. It's often in our own mind and our own soul, we don't kind of sink yet, you know. We have to kind of get in line with what God has already given. That's what Paul often says, put on Christ. Put on Christ, because you're not living like Christ. Put on Christ. Not only does it look good, not only does it honor me, says Jesus, but it will honor you. Because your life will go well when you honor me and you start you know, showing the beautiful attributes that I am. You know, also generosity is a language that we speak. Generosity is the language of love. It can be at the core of your inner world. It opens all kinds of doors for your life. It's powerful. It's powerful. With generosity, everybody wins. Did you know that? With generosity, everybody wins. The whole thing of goes around, comes around. Everybody wins when we start blessing other people and being generous to other people. And that's why God so loves it. He does it himself. But that's why he loves it when his children and when the church do it. Because it actually shows us and shows the world his character. It is the way that he actually is himself. So my question to you and I is how generous are we? How generous are we? Isaiah 32 says this, but generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. Isn't it wonderful? Generosity is a stance, it's something you stand on, it's actually something that you are. You are as a person. Well, in relating this to that, I was thinking about this, relating this to the the house for the house offering, generous people plan to do what is generous. Now, I really hope. That, that, that all of us would not just put a little offering on the 29th. Oh, shivers, we got this offering today. I'll get 50 bucks, you know. Let's not do that. See, prof, see, see, it says here, generous people plan to do what is generous. Why don't we just plan this thing? Why do we say, okay, in three weeks' time, this offering is coming down. Why don't you plan this? Why don't you think, talk to your wife, pray about, Lord, what do you want? You know, how do you see this? How can I, you know, let's plan this thing. Planning is a good thing because it is who you are. Proverbs 22, 9. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives his bread to the poor. talks about a generous eye, a worldview of generosity. You can have spectacles, you know, of generosity or spectacles of stinginess. And I've met people who are stingy in their outlook in life. And it's so terrible to be around them. Their world is shrinking all the time. They're not very nice people to be around. And you look around their life, there's nothing really healthy around their lives. But then I meet people who are generous. They have the eye of generosity. And everywhere they go, things happen. It's just so beautiful. So true, isn't it? Thank you, darling. You're my biggest encouragement today. You're so generous in your, in your praise today to me. I thank you so much. It's just wonderful. And so my heart is really for us to become more generous in our lives. I would love Harmony to be known in the city as the most generous people there is in every way. Amen? Amen. Come on, it's so good for you, it's good for everybody else, good for everybody. Everybody wins. Let's be the most generous people there is. A lens of generosity. Proverbs 10:11. The mouth of the righteous is a foundation of life, and his words of wisdom are the source of a source of blessing, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence and evil. How are your words doing? Are your words generous? Do they bring life? to other people, your words, the way that you and I speak. Does your generosity in words bring honor to your spouse, my wife, husband, bring honor to your neighbors, generous to your children, the way you speak to your children, to your boss, to your workers, to your neighbor, to your pastor? I mean, I got to do it with you. I got to be always nice. I mean, I, I guess—I get paid to be nice, <laughs> but I'm actually—I'm actually nice. I'm actually trying to be nicer and trying to become better. But the thing is, though, why don't we show love to each other? Now, I find it quite easy to love. I—I am I, my my in strength finders. My number one is is. Um, is positivity. So I'm generally quite positive as a person. But, but I've also learned to do this kind of stuff. The thing is though, I generally love hugging on people, loving on people. You'll know in this place, I'll just hug you and love you and kiss you or whatever. I just love doing that, you know, because it's kind of me. But the thing is though, my strongest weapon is actually my mouth. And I sing praise to the Lord and I preach the gospel and I love it. But it's also my worst enemy because my mouth can be terrible. Now I don't swear that much except for what you know, I'm not going to say it. Uh, but I, I don't have bad swear words. It's just that that's been kind of a thing from the past, from Holland, because it's quite normal to use that word in Holland. But I don't have bad words. But the thing is, though, I, my, my, my tongue can be so cutting to people. And kind of my honesty with the Dutch background, and it's like 30 years now being in this country, and I'm trying to mellow down a little bit, but I can be quite cutting in my words. And I'm really sorry if I've offended you, and please forgive me, because I have. I have offended people. I've offended people in the city, and I've told you about this. I had to repent, because God told me it's more important to love and to be generous than to be right. Because i got to be right, see? And the thing is, though, it's not that important to be right, really. I mean, Jesus was always right. I love that. See, Jesus was always right, but he never pushed his rightness, right? He was just right. Isn't that cool? I'm just right. But he still loved and still be generous, even other people. And I find it sometimes hard when I get disappointed in life. That's one of my kind of unbearable feelings or misunderstood or there's lies about me. I need God's grace in the area of my mouth. Still do. I'm learning, but I'm I'm still growing. I'm just being honest with you. And I'm sure that some of you have that too because it's it's so powerful. Words are so powerful. Tongue is so powerful to really help people and to bless people and to honor people and to build them into everything they can be, right? Now, our slogan is passion for God, compassion for people. Passion for God and compassion for people people. What a great thing. We want to be passionate about Jesus in this house, but we also want to be passionate about people. Amen? Passionate about people. Or simply said, simply simply said, love God and love people. We want to be generous in our praise to Jesus. Again, that's why I have communion every morning. The reason why I do this not only is the power in communion for my own health, but also I give him praise. I said Jesus, you are first. In my life. And I, my affections are first. Before my wife. Before my kids. Before anybody else. I want to honor you. And bless your name. And give you praise. And it's amazing how your day goes. People think. What, what drugs are you on the whole time? I say. I don't have any drugs. I have no sugar. No caffeine. No drugs. No anything else. got a great wife. It's just the Holy Spirit. It's just, just right. I'm trying to be right in my life. I'm trying to get rightness into my life. Divine order into my life. Because I know when I have divine order in my life. My life will go well. And I really want to encourage all of us to live that way because you'll be healthy because then you can help other people. If you're always sick and you're always struggling with things, how can you help other people? They say, oh, look at your own life. Nice Christian you are. Come on. And I'm not telling anybody off. I'm just saying to you, you can go to a place that there's alignment and health comes to your emotions. Health comes to your body, the way you look. Health comes to, to the way you speak. I'm still struggling a little bit in this old area because again of summertime offense but I'm trying to be like Jesus I'm trying to not give my power away to other people I'm trying to still be kind if other people are not kind and that's of course what Jesus has and does you know what I love about India and, the, and those kind of nations? Catherine's been to India. I haven't. She almost died in India, actually, before we got married uh, because she got so sick. Uh, but also I've seen it in Suriname. I've seen it in, in Philippines. You know, they have such a passion for Jesus, such a passion for God for Sunday morning when they go to church, you know. They don't have an ironing. They have no iron board. So what they do is they put their beautiful Sunday clothes underneath their bed, under their mattress. So it kind of irons out. And on Sunday, they put their clothes on, you know, and they come to church. Because church, I'm passionate about Jesus, and they are on time at church, <laughs> unlike most of you in this church. They have such a specialty. They love Jesus, and they come specially dressed. i got to put it in there somewhere, you know. Was this nice? Was it nice enough, this one? Nice enough? Okay, nice enough. I'm glad you're coming to church, by the way. That's another issue. But the thing is, though, you know, they love the house of God. They can't get out of their way. To look good and to say, I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm going to worship Jesus. There's such a passionate, passion for Jesus. I love this about our house. We have a passion for Jesus. We have a passion for the Lord of this house who is Jesus Christ. He is my first love. And some of us are still, some of us are still growing in this area of, of exuberance and, 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 and learning to passionately love Jesus like David did. That's even Old Testament, guys. Dancing before the Lord. It's express. You would not like to see me at home. <laughs> Catherine's already told you several times what happened to me at home. I'm a bit crazy. But I love Jesus. I love worshiping Jesus. You don't even know what I do on Tuesday morning here when I prepare my talks for, for the church. You have no idea, do you? I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Last, last Tuesday I was here all alone. I was just running through the building and just worshiping Jesus. I had my earphone up and Israel Houghton. I was like, Rah! and I was just praising God. And the people next door, people walk past you and I was like, who's this guy? I said, yeah, like this, you know, the guy's this crazy guy, you know, but I love worshiping Jesus. I tell you, not only is he worthy of my praise, but also it's good for me. It brings you health in your body and in in everything. So worship Jesus. It's amazing what happens when you worship Jesus. He is my first love in every way. You know, and it's so contagious. When you come to a church who are passionate about Jesus, it is contagious. Jesus was very contagious. Everybody loved him except the Pharisees because the religious people don't like this kind of stuff. You know, the, you, know, you know, the Pharisees and the Scottish and the English and the Dutch. Amazing, England won this morning, you know. Did you know that? Soccer, amazing. Can't believe it. Anyway, so the thing is, though, you know, the upstep, upper lip doesn't exist in the kingdom. It's not the kingdom. It's not the kingdom. Praising Jesus exuberantly—that is the kingdom. If you look at Revelation, what happens around the throne? 24-hour of worship. They can't stop worshiping. They're looking at, ha ah, ha You're so awesome! And they open up, oh, amazing! All the time, they look at Jesus, and they can't get enough of him. They're so in love. They're always thinking about him. So they're always trying to express how am I going to show my generosity to you, Jesus? But one way is just worshipping. It's just giving him praise. Amen? Five of you. That's good. <laughs> Jesus was the most... I am finishing, Catherine. Jesus was so amazingly generous. He was the most generous person who ever lived on this globe. He was pure love. Pure generosity. He healed people Generously. He saved people generously. He forgave people generously. He loved people generously. The miracles were generous. The first miracle he did with the wine, you know, putting all these six of these big big vats of, of wine into 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 of water, into wine, the best wine there is. It was extravagant. It was generous. When 5,000 men, which is about 20,000 people, including females and, and, uh, and children, when they had to be fed with five loaves of two fishes, you know, and he feeds them all, and then there's 12 baskets still left over, it is generous. He is generous. He's not wasteful, but he's generous. Jesus is generous. When they start fishing and there's no fish coming out, there's no fish coming out of the sea, you know, the, the nets and stuff. So he Don't go to the other side. They go, and it's incredible, this whole thing, and they start sinking the ships. Jesus is always generous. He is generous. He is generous. And I love Jesus so much because he is so generous. Then he talks about loving your enemies, the ones who hurt you and pain you. It's generous. It's hard, but it's generous. Turn the other cheek. Go the second mile. It's generous. Amen? I love Jesus. He's so generous. I want to be like Jesus because he's just amazingly generous. So self-giving of himself, ultimate generosity. I just love it. Man, Jesus is worth following, isn't he? He is worth following and loving. I want to be like you, Jesus, worth adoring and worth giving our lives to. I'll finish with the scripture. Romans 5, 6 to 11. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous person, though a good person, a good persons, someone might Possibly there to die for. But God demonstrated his own love for us. He demonstrated this extreme generosity. While we were still sinners that Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we... Be saved through his life. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. When Jesus died and rose again, it was the most generous gesture ever. No one has ever been more generous than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There's never been an event like it and there'll never be an event like this of generosity that he demonstrated to us and for us to follow. We will never know the depth of his love. We will never know the depth of his grace, of his generosity in our lives. Yeah, in in the eons of time, when we're with him for millions of years, probably we'll get to know him a bit more, you know, and things will start happening. But the thing is, though, it is so beautiful what he has done for us. It is so beautiful. And I love this song by Isaac Newton in 1700. I can't do the whole, all of it, but I'll do two verses of it. It's on the new album of Izzy. It's the first song of the album. We're going to minister to you next week with that. Doing communion. It says, When I survey the wondrous cross <laughs> of which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. And it talks about then the second verse his hands and his feet, sorrow and love pouring down. And then it says, Were the whole realm of nature mine, which means if the whole world, everything was mine, that were a present far too small. If I could give everything, if I had ownership of all of nature and I would give it as a present to Jesus out of generosity, out of what he has done for me, it would be far too small. Love, so amazing, so divine. It demands my soul, my life, my all. Jesus, there's nobody like you. There's nobody like you. There's nobody like you. Lord, I worship you. Love so amazing, so divine, the my soul, my life, my home. Lord, my heart is yours. Lord, my first love is yours. Our first love as a church is yours. And may we never lose our first love. Lord I declare in this place that Jesus Christ is always going to be first in this place that you are Lord over this house that we have a heart for this house because we love you Jesus because we love your church the church that you died for and to make so beautiful to make your bride Lord we want to become more generous in our lives help us to be more generous that we would grow into generosity that we want to align ourselves with our newborn spirit that spirit of love and generosity. So we can love you generously. We can love others generously. And we can love ourselves generously. Lord, we worship you. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. Why don't we stand together? Just want you to, um, as you stand, just to close your eye for a moment close your eyes and just um, just don't look around because there could be in this place somebody who's never received the generosity of Christ they've never received the life of Christ they've never received his forgiveness his life is there anybody in this place before we go into worship because we're going to just extravagantly worship him but maybe you haven't received him yet and today is your day is there anybody in this place this morning and you say yes I want to receive Jesus this morning can you just slip up your hand that I can see it's me I want to receive Christ is there anybody this morning who says I'm ready I need to be born again I need to become a new creation I need the love of God to be poured out into my heart anybody here this morning best decision you'll ever make anybody all Christians it's great Let's invite some non-Christian people.